Hello, and welcome back to Stargirl Podcast. This episode is for Chapter 3, The Blackmail from Season 3. This is Angie, and I'm here with Lizzie. And we have already decided off-air that this is um, just going to be an episode of us trashing Sylvester because he was just on a new level this episode. Lizzie, let's talk. God, like every time I think I can't dislike him more, like he finds a way. Like, who's gonna pay for the damages to that grocery store? That's what I want to know. Cause, like, also, Mike, couldn't you reach someone quicker? Like, Mike, come on. Why was uh, there such a delay? He was right there in the hallway. You know, his I, phone is on his person because he is a teenager. Right? Why is that long? And why did he try, like, was dad not answering? Like, I don't know. Because what who sh- the person who showed up was back. It wasn't yeah. Courtney. So did we need to play telephone for a bit while they, they relayed the message? Like, Mike, send a message to everyone you know. I don't think Mike has been trained. You know how, like, the PTA at your school will have, like, a phone tree of people to call and in which order? That's what Mike needs to follow for the JSA. Start with your dad. Move downward from there. And I guess he got to Courtney. I don't know. But other thing I was thinking about was groceries are expensive right now. And how dare you start with blasting their cart (laughs) and trashing the entire store. Right, that, that didn't look like, uh, like, and then the cars outside, like, he did a lot of damage. Does he still have money? Like, because someone needs to pay for that damage. Like, Blue Valley is not a big town. Is Cosmo specifically insured for this? <laughs> like, is there, like, an insurance clause that the Dugans took out on Cosmo and are, like, any damages up until this point are paid by the company? Like, I don't know, but... That was a lot. Those are the things that no one really talks about that are the important things. Like, what is Rick eating? And why didn't Beth offer to feed him once she found out he was all alone? Also, what happened to his uncle? Did Pat really kill him? Like, (laughs) these are the questions that need to be asked. There are so many questions. Well, also, I would like to point out that there were two apple sightings so he know we know he's at least getting his you know daily dose of fruit like okay like he's not gonna get sick but who knows what else he's eating firstly secondly i like that he was giving beth a ride like that to me was a very cute like character detail and i started like like my ship alarm started blaring i was like maybe this will be like how they build their bond is him like giving her rides so she can escape her really like overly enthusiastic parents. But yeah, does he, he says he doesn't know where his uncle went, but like, does he really not know? Does he have like some sort of hand or like knowledge that he's not letting on? Cause we know that our baby boy, Rick kind of like, he likes to keep secrets. So is this another one? Right. And he's very smart. Like, even if his uncle, like, even if he really doesn't know and his uncle disappeared from the hospital, like, the first thing I would do is ask Pat. And then the second thing I would do is ask Pat and just keep asking till I got an answer. So, Rick, it might just be one of those he doesn't want to know or maybe you're just thinking too much of Pat. 
Um, and he really didn't do anything. And the dude just walked out of there and disappeared. Um, which, considering the type of show this is, makes more sense. But, like, I just want him. Like, if Pat just did something or, like, scared him into leaving, I'm not going to complain. Like, it's not like anyone misses him. Um, but just, Pat, if you know the the kid's uncle is gone, like, you also need to worry about what he's eating. And then you were, Pat was a really good dad this episode. He gave Sylvester a piece of his mind that was really on point. And, like, I would like to say I disagree with Pat because I think the right choice would be for Sylvester to just leave. But he does have a point about the impact he has on Courtney. And Pat is really good at thinking about Courtney first. Because he didn't even react that badly to being called a sidekick again. He was just firmly pushed back. And he was like, no, I'm your friend. When I would have said so many other words that I probably can't say in this podcast right now. I don't understand why Pat is still his friend. I really don't. I don't. Like, what value is he getting from this man who's squatting in their basement and has a bunch of like rage issues to work through, you know, like, oh, and speaking of rage issues, can we talk about Cameron for a second? God. Like, oh, so we're going to make it in. very hard to root for you, Cameron, because no one messes hard. with our baby Rick. Okay, exactly. exactly. So that scene where they were kind of like male posturing against each other that is the only type of male posturing i will accept on this show is if it's because our baby boy rick is trying to defend someone i like that because that was the teacher that like tried getting him in trouble the previous season right so like that's showing growth for him that he's like sticking up for this teacher even though he didn't really have a great experience with her oh, but like but... he helped him later remember she goes to his house and tries oh yeah to she did go to his house right so i think they pro there's probably a bond there and he and he was like this person tried to help me so why am i gonna let cameron be an ass to her like uh, i'm sure rick doesn't have that many people on his side so he's probably like I not that I love the ma the male posturing, like you said, but like I find it understandable when it comes to Rick, um, mm -hmm. because I mean he probably doesn't have that many people. He's just trying to protect them, um, and he he isn't really like the protector on the JSA either. Like he's gotta try to let those instincts out somehow. And also, I feel like ironically enough, if they stop with the male posturing, Rick and Cameron actually have a lot in common. They could be oh. friends. Like, they just need to get over this moment. And yeah. though I, I, I find it um, kind of karma that it was Cameron now telling Courtney, look, you know what? I got to go right as we're in the middle of a moment. Bye. Yeah, it, it exactly harkened back to all of their other interactions. Like, one of them is always leaving. But why, like, why did he decide to leave? All of a sudden, is it because she was getting close and he got scared off or did his creepy grandparents do like a mind link or something like it just seemed kind of. Uh, the, the, the creepy grandparents were in the background a lot. And like at this point, I'm like, did they kill the gambler? He's <laughs> like, what are they doing in the background? Like looking menacing. And and then we get no follow up to them standing in the background looking menacing at everyone. I'm like, at this point, like, I if I wouldn't be surprised if they killed the gambler. But then what what was that scene about with all the TVs 
and the like black gloved hand and then what happens to Sylvester at the end of the episode where he's like oh, right. oh, I don't think it, the what? creepy grandparents even with their like ice powers I don't know if they're capable of like that kind of force no, yeah, they're capable of killing, probably not. Like, I'd almost forgotten that happened at the end of the episode because I am minus 10 concerned about Sylvester. Like, I don't think we're going to be lucky enough to get rid of him that easily. So he's going to be fine. Minus Sorry. 10. That's not even... <laughs> like, I, I was almost hoping Cosmo would be like, what are you doing? I'm going to stop here. He's like, what was going on? Like, even when he was fighting the Crocs in the grocery store, I was like, this is too much. And then he went out and then he blasted those cars for absolutely no reason. Like, the Crocs weren't even close to the cars. Like, what was that? Male posturing? Yeah, and again, the- unacceptable male posturing. Right? Be like Rick in this regard. <laughs> Who would have thought, if you thought about season one, that we would be saying, be like Rick and mean it in this season? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's super funny, but Sylvester is just not super funny. Like I just I I don't know. Like are we supposed to like him? Really I really I don't think we're supposed to like him. I think they're writing him specifically for us to like dislike him and also not trust him. But I'm like I'm still trying to figure out what his role in the season is going to be because like that first scene with Yolanda was actually really nice because I think she needed that encouragement from someone who knew this person that she's trying to emulate that she's actually like never met. And he actually knew that person, Ted Grant, very well. I think like, yeah, she needed to hear that. I'm not really sure what like value Sylvester's praise has in general. But for Yolanda specifically, I think she needed like that affirmation. So if Sylvester is around to kind of like do more of that, fine. I'm just not super interested in what career he chooses. We have, you know, Barbara being our badass career woman. That's all I need on this show for careers. Also about Sylvester, like I found it really, really weird that when Pat was explaining why he needed to be a role model for Courtney, he brought up the dad and the locket. Like, what was that about? That was, like, very specific story to tell. If it's not coming back around, like, are we going to see the dad again? Like, is there something weird going on with Sylvester and the locket? Like, why is he back? Does he even know? Is he even Sylvester? Like, I don't know at this point. <laughs> is he a scroll? Are we... <laughs> I don't know like it's just it felt like a really specific thing because I get uh, Pat bringing up the dad thing if he just wanted to sort of shock him into responsibility but the locket like it just felt very very specific for absolutely no reason Um, so I don't know I don't know and then imagine the- if Deadbeat Dad and Sylvester are in a scene together. Imagine that male posturing. Ugh, too much. Like I, I even think um I'll take the crocs over all the male posturing. They were like I mean, they were the crocs, which was a kind of fun. Like I kinda love Paula right now. Like 
she stood up for Barbara, and then their friendship, like, it's kind of cute when Barbara showed up. It was, like, clapping at her little speech and everything and giving her advice. And then when she showed up at the door of the dude who is obviously now Barbara's boss, because obviously white man mm. had to get the job, obviously. Um, so that was fun. It wasn't as fun when they showed up at breakfast and threw away the food Courtney had lovingly prepared. So they would eat, I don't know what, that I wouldn't have wanted to eat. Those waffles were so fluffy. I was mad because they brought, the Crocs brought, I wrote it down, quinoa and tofu bowls. Which (laughs) to me, that is an unacceptable breakfast and reason enough for the Whitmore Dugans to lock their freaking doors so that the crocs don't go busting in and making them change their meal plans right i don't want to eat that no and then the the way mike was looking when they were like eat mike's like no i would rather die i'm with you mike (laughs) totally not interested although would be interested in a chocolate cake which apparently was a big hit. I still don't know what a Rotary Club does. Honestly, I'm in the same boat as everyone else on this show. Nor did I look it up because, you know, that's the kind of quality of podcast that we're running here is what is what is research? Um, but yeah, Paula, the the mama's the mama bond in this show is just giving me so much life. It is delightful. I hope they become best friends. And I like that Paula went to like scare this man and she didn't even have to do anything. It's not like she was in her tigress outfit. Right. She didn't have to try. All she literally did was stand there and stare. And if that's not a mom move, I don't know what is. I actually do know what a Rory Club do- does, but I'm not going to say it because now I feel like the vibe of this podcast is to not know and to not give the information. So we're, we're just going to stay there. Um, I will say that it's very ironic that Paula has joined one considering what they do, but I I don't think, well, I mean, I think that's probably part of the joke, but it's just funny to see them and try to navigate these situations, Um, even the blackmail. And I I assume we're supposed to think that the gambler stopped when he found out about his daughter and he tried to turn over a new leaf and be a good person and what, but if he did all of that, then why did he get killed? Um, uh, I don't know. And then what are you playing at, Cindy? Like, mm-hmm. clearly she's trying to get some sort of information that applies to her um, in her dad's files. Uh, but I was actually really proud of Courtney when Courtney was like, if you do that again, you're out of the JSA. Because Courtney is such a cinnamon role sometimes that she's not a good leader. Um, but this was what she had to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm So we talked before about how much we trust Cindy, and she says that she wanted to prove herself to the JSA, which is why she told Sylvester about um, the Crocs. And I'm like, does Cindy have anything to gain from the Crocs taking the fall for this, or is this true? Like, I I don't know that she has anything to gain other than taking, other than she doesn't want the JSA to be concern about who has the computer and and if they think they already caught the culprit they will forget about the computer and she can keep trying to crack the like she's clearly not gonna crack the code like you need help there girl 
Like, and also, who installs a program with their face on it that's going to be like, wrong password when you're typically the only one using your computer? Like, are you just install that? Wondering if at one point someone's going to steal your computer or do you just want to have yourself tell yourself that you got the wrong password? I don't get it. I mean, when it comes to the ISA, they're probably that like egotistical that they want to see themselves. But it's not like they would ever put in the wrong password if it's your computer. Right. You would normally put in the correct password. I also didn't figure out, okay, he's like this super tech guy. Why is he allowing multiple password attempts over and over right? without like locking and deleting files? I, I, that I also doesn't make sense to me. I would have been like, you tried three times, bye. But then there would be no plot, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I, I assume she's going to need bet to try to crack that. So let's get a move on. Uh, Cindy, because I'm I'm like it's been three episodes and I'm already over the the storyline of you lying. Like, are you really gonna be a member of the team? Like, and I guess it's not that easy, but I just need I just need we've had so much Sylvester that it kind of annoys me that the few moments we have with the JSA are them just talking about Cindy and everything. We had like a tiny moment with Rick and Bad, but we haven't really had any Courtney and Yolanda, like we haven't had that many things because we spent so much time on Sylvester. I know. All of the scenes that's the JSA, they're at lunch and we're too focused on Rick's diet to have these like connections being built. Like, yeah, you're right. The whole, I think you're right about like Yolanda and Courtney not getting their time because the only time that they have had like conversations together on this season so far, they've been arguing about Cindy. So yeah. we're like, we're missing out on that friendship. And I don't know, there's just going to be more stuff that they're giving us. I'm assuming the like thing at the end of the episode that like lifted Starman, I feel like that's kind of a Grundy move, but then. Right. I thought so why? too. Like it, and then the sounds and like, it felt like Grundy, but I was like, like the Grundy actually come back when Rick did the things um, the shade said he had to do and just like bounce and didn't tell him like i don't know but also why i mean maybe grundy would have reasons to kill the gam i don't know with these um villains quote unquote anymore i don't know what they want what -hmm. what are their motivations what do they want and also when are we gonna get more of artemis with the group like it's not that i want to bring more people into the dynamics because we already miss some of the dynamics we had before but we have a lot of people to get to we still haven't touched on jenny like there's a lot there with obsidian that we know is Mm going to come in and if when it comes in we haven't gotten to figure out these things that's just going to be a mess yeah and there's also the whole director bones tease from last season too so here's a new villain what role is he gonna have too it's yeah yeah and i assume at that point that's gonna be second half of the season but we're we're now on episode three so let's say it's gonna be six and seven episodes which is what they typically do so we're halfway through the first arc and i still don't know why sylvester is here why i'm supposed to care and all of that like if he calls pat a psychic again one more time like i'm gonna do more damage than whatever happened to him at the end and that was a lot because he was bleeding from his mouth and whatever like i'm I'm sure he's fine I'm going to punch him the way that Pat punched Deadbeat Dad. That's that's the level of punching that I'm at right now. God. 
God, you know, that was a good moment. I'm j I was just reliving it in my head. It was a good I, moment. I am surprised that we have yet to talk about what is perhaps the single greatest scene of this show, which is Pat Dugan sewing. <laughs> I mean, we can see where Courtney got it from now. Because, <laughs> I mean, he could have called Courtney in. It's like, oh, that, that costume you're wearing, did you make that? Mm -mm. Pat Dugan was like, okay, let me um, look up some patterns. Let me pick out some fabric. And now I'm going to go ahead. And he looked so proud as he was doing <laughs> Dude, and also, like, I mean, I don't want to, like, be this person, but it doesn't look like that kind of material that he had there would really go well with a sewing machine. Like, I'm just saying, like, because it looked like, I don't know, it wasn't like just fabric. Um, Yeah. It was perhaps one of the most cinnamon roll scenes I have seen on this show. We have to make, like, a cinnamon roll list for this show i think like the most and it's adorable gonna be... scenes and it's gonna be all pat i feel well i mean courtney can get a few moments that's true the two of them together i love them i know it's just like the, the whenever pat goes full dad mode on someone it's just so heartwarming so when he told off sylvester like we were talking before that's such a He's such a good dad. He loves Courtney he so much. Is. And the world's greatest dad monk. You saw it again this episode. So we should have known there would have been such a strong dad convo. But we weren't ready. No. And then another thing I'm really not ready for is when he's a good dad and that beard. Like the combo. It's just a lot. Because a good dad was already really working for me. And if you add to that the beard, it's just too much. I'm not prepared. You add the beard and you add the fact that he is sewing. Yeah. It's beyond. Yeah. I mean, and then he is attractive, obviously, because he's attractive, but he's also attractive because he's fat. Because I know objectively I'm supposed to find uh, Sylvester attractive and I don't. <laughs> like, I'm looking at him and I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> Just feel nothing. Nothing. It's like I, how I felt about uh, Rick and Kim. like all the boys at the beginning of season one when we're like, who's who? We don't even know. And now we're like, Rick, we love you like that. Totally. I don't know, man. I don't think I have anything else to really discuss. I just really wanted to talk about Pat sewing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was really, really important. Like, I mean, dad, Sylvester, the worst. Mm -hmm. Um, the kids again. What is Rick eating? If we ever see Rick, like someone for us, just put a um a scene of Rick eating like a full meal, like we would yeah. appreciate it. Like just do it for us. Yeah, it's it could be simple: a chicken, veggies, some sort of carb. He needs balance. He absolutely needs carbs. Have you seen him when he turns into our man? Well, we haven't in a while. They haven't even ha been in their costumes for a couple of episodes. I know. Yeah, I think once again, this this episode, like the previous episode, felt like even more set up. So we're kind of just like, we're still just in speculation mode. Yeah. And then I know they're just going to throw everything at us. Hopefully starting next episode, like I don't want to have to wait till five and six to sort of get on with it. Especially if I just have to put up with, because 
now Sylvester is hurt and we know he's fine. So do I have to put up with, oh my God, Sylvester got hurt from everyone in episode four? Because I'm not here for that. Just fast forward. Bye. No, no sympathy for Sylvester. Yeah, yes, no sympathy for Sylvester allowed. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think we did pretty well in the trashing Sylvester thing we said we were going to do. And I don't have anything else to say. I don't either. Okay, well, let's visit stargirlpodcast.com for all the latest news on the Stargirl Show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Stargirl Podcast as well. Subscribe to Stargirl Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And while you're on Apple Podcasts, hit us up with some five-star reviews. Don't forget that we're part of the DCTV Podcast Network with podcasts for all the DC shows at dctvpodcast.com. Follow the network on social media at DCTV Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Last but not least, subscribe to our mega feed on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. DCTV Podcast also has its own Public store, so if you're interested in DCTV-related merch, click on the link in the show notes and get some awesome gear, as it does support the network so we can continue to make these podcasts. And if you have any questions or thoughts about Stargirl, email us at stargirlpodcast at gmail.com. See you next time. Goodbye.